Hi again, it's JC for the You Made New podcast. We are in episode 13. Now, this is the second part of a three-part body image series that I'm working on. So if you haven't listened to episode 12, go back and do that real quick. It'll make a little bit more sense if you do that. This episode, we're going to dive into some content that has really formed the basis of my body image work Um, in my book, my teaching, my classes, my speaking. I've used this so much over the years because it's been a profound, eye-opening look at beauty in our culture. What we're going to do is go into Daniel chapter three, which may seem like a very odd place to settle for this episode. It may seem like it has nothing to do with body image. The Old Testament, okay. No, you'll see. You'll see this one really is going to open our eyes. Like I said, we're, we're heading to the familiar story that I'm sure most of you know of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the fiery furnace. And so it's been taught a lot, and the end is the epic part. I mean, they survived the furnace. If you don't know the story, please go read Daniel 3. <laughs> I'm not going to read all the verses. We're In the, in the um, essence of time, I'm going to tell the story. But what we're most concerned about is actually not the end, as epic as it is. It's the beginning. So come with me to Daniel chapter three, verse one. We, we are taught right away. These um, Hebrew boys have been brought into the land of Babylon captive. They've been carried away captive. They've been brought into the Kings, um, into the town or into the main, main city. And Nebuchadnezzar has a new project, the King. He has called together all his artisans and his best craftsmen, and he has created a big, huge statue of a golden image. They're calling it an image of gold in the scriptures. It's enormous, and they've created this and set it up. And and so again, you probably know the story. He calls everyone together when it's time for it to be dedicated. The image is, is done. It's been set up. And so he calls everybody together and says, here's the deal, people. When you hear the music... Every one of you will bow to this image. And so um, if you don't, we know the story. You're going to be thrown into the fiery furnace. And so that's why there's such an epic ending is because these three Hebrew boys say, no, I will not worship this golden image and they will not bow. And so they're thrown into the furnace and Christ himself comes and saves them. And and they are preserved in the furnace so that not even the smell of fire is on their clothes. It, It is, again, just legendary. But let's stop. Let's just back up and look at this golden image because you, you think about the characteristics. If you, if you do the math from verse one of how many cubits this is, it's nine stories tall. Picture that first in your head, how enormous this was. Is there a nine story building nearby in your, in your town that you can compare this to? That's, that's pretty tall. Nine stories. It's enormous. It has been set up. It's been created, made of gold. It has been, a lot of work has gone into this. And so we look at this and we think, well, I don't have anything like that. I don't have anybody screaming at me that I have to bow down to a golden statue, JC. What are you talking about? But maybe you've already begun to see the connection and where I'm going with this. What is the word used to describe this statue in scripture? It's an image, right? It's an image of gold. And what did I call the image of the ideal woman? I used the same word, didn't I? We have our own golden statue. It just looks different. Now, what I'm going to do 
First, let me give you a, a description that I found in a book by Lisa Bevere um, that is just, it's just dead on when it comes to the image of the ideal woman. This is our golden statue. We're going to spend the next 10 minutes probably making some connections so that we can see we have our own statue in this day. It just looks different for us. Here is our ideal woman. This is how Lisa Bevere describes her. She is a woman adored by men and envied by women. Her skin is flawless in tone and complexion. Her nose is straight, not too small or too large. Her eyes are bright and lack any dark shadows, circles, or lines around them. They are encased in luminous, wrinkle-free skin. Her lips are full and artfully shaped. Her teeth are perfect and gleaming white. I love this next part. Her hair is whatever ours is not. (laughs) Her body is perfectly proportioned and sits atop long, strong legs. Her breasts never age or nurse. All too often, they are not even real. She's even either taller or shorter than us, the perfect height. The image is never what we are and is always just beyond our reach, taunting us with her seductive eyes. Though we know she is not real, young girls and older women look at her in awe. The young are inspired and the older are depressed. Why would someone we have never met be able to influence us so profoundly? There's our image. Now, Let's just keep moving forward and make some comparisons between the golden statue and our image of the ideal woman. I just want to show you three quick things. And then we're going to make a point that I believe is pivotal. So the first one is probably obvious. We just talked about it. This golden statue was nine feet tall. Oh, sorry, nine feet, nine stories. I'm getting into this already. You can tell nine stories tall, which meant... For the Babylonian people, everywhere they went, they could see this image. Open their curtains in the morning, they saw it. Going out shopping for the day, wherever they went, there the image was, towering over them, reminding them of its presence, forever in the back of their minds that that is something they are to worship. Now, let's make a comparison. How enormous is the image of the ideal woman? Where do you see her? When you open your blinds in the morning, no, it's not out the window like theirs was. Ours is on our phones. It's on our TVs. It's on the movie screen. It's on the billboards. It's on the the walls of Walmart. As we walk through Walmart, we see ads and signs showing us her image. It's on the magazines in the doctor's office as we sit there in the waiting room. She's everywhere. Can you avoid the image of the ideal woman assaulting you? And saying, this is beauty. This is beauty. This is what you measure yourself with. This perfection, measure up. Come on. This is what you have to be to be valuable, to be of worth. Again, all those characteristics, perfect teeth, perfect hair, flat abs, no flaws, no imperfections. Measure yourself to this. This is what you need to do to to measure up to her. She's everywhere assaulting us. From a very, very young age. She's even on Disney Channel, right? <laughs> Our young girls get the dose of it right away too. This is the image of beauty in our society. Okay. Oh, I want to talk so much more about this and I'm trying not to go over. There's more we could say, but let's let's move on to the second comparison. The image was made of gold, yes? Gold. So it was worth a great deal of money. How is our image worth 
endless amounts of money. How much money do we throw <clears throat> trying to look like the image? Cosmetics, um, designer clothes, hair color, surgeries. Think, I mean, I could just go on and on and on. Diet um, programs to get us ourselves slim to look like the image. Diet foods, um, books, just so much that we've thrown. How many millionaires are millionaires because of the image? It is worth a great deal of money. Oh, I forgot to look up my statistics on the billions that we spend on these efforts. This statue, this image in our society, the image of the ideal woman, it's, it's worth billions. Okay, let's keep going. Third one is my favorite, and that's why I'm moving fast because I want to spend a little more time on this one. When Nebuchadnezzar was ready to build his image, who did he call? It was all his best craftsmen, yes? His best creators, his sculptors. And they would come and chisel and work and, and mold and build this image until it was an image of perfection, this golden statue. Oh, if this doesn't apply to our image in our day, how many images that we see on those billboards and on those signs and in those magazine, um, magazine covers have not been sculpted and molded and chiseled and, um, airbrushed and photoshopped into perfection, just the way the golden image was in Nebuchadnezzar's day. How many pictures are even real that we see on social media? And have not been even just filtered. It's the same thing. Molded. Sculpted. Let me use two of my favorite examples. There was an... um, Let me see what year it was. Kelly Clarkson was on the cover of... um, Was it Self Magazine? Sorry, let me check my sources. No, it was Shape Magazine in 2009. They put Kelly on the cover. and, And they had sculpted and molded her body so much that everyone could see the difference between what Kelly really looked like and what she ended up looking like on the cover. They had changed her appearance so much that everyone started to say, come on, come on. And so people started really calling out the editor in chief and, and said, what are you doing? That looks nothing. What have you done to, to put to her image and put this out on this, on this magazine cover? But the thing about this story that gets me the most is um, the editor-in-chief's response. And this is the insanity that we live in in our culture, in our day and age. This is what she says to the altering they did of Kelly's appearance on that cover. She said, did we alter her appearance? Only to make her look her personal best. But in the sense that Kelly is the picture of confidence, and she truly is, then I think this photo is the truest we've ever put out there on the newsstand. See, we're told, we're, we're shown images that have been sculpted, molded beyond um, even anything we can achieve. And yet we're saying, no, this is the truest picture. This is confidence. This, it's insanity. It's an illusion. And we're being told to hold it as our standard. Kelly wasn't, it wasn't even Kelly. It's not how she looked. But that's what we're being given. Molded, sculpted, and then presented to us before our eyes as what we're supposed to compare ourselves to. The, it's ridiculous. Okay, second story. And again, I'm sorry if I'm rushing this, but I really want to get through these and this good stuff. So this one is another celebrity. It's Jamie Lee Curtis, um, Moore Magazine in 2002. They came to Jamie and they wanted to do an interview and a photo shoot. And so she told the editor, she said, I'll only do it on one condition. And the quote is, she said, according to the article, she said, I'll do it if glam Jamie, sorry, 
Glam Jamie would pose only if real Jamie gets equal time. So what she did in the photo shoot, you, oh, you can Google the pictures, more magazine, 2002. You can find what she did. She's so brave right next to a picture of her made up and dressed up and all done up, you know, for the photo shoot. That was one side of the page. On the other side is her standing there in just a sports bra and some shorts, no makeup, no Photoshopping, no filter, no nothing. And it was her way of saying, this is the real me. This is the real unsculpted me. And so many people were shocked because Jamie, man, in the 80s, 90s, she was always known for having the perfect body, for being the image of the ideal woman. And so everyone was like, why would you do that? Why would you expose all your flaws in a magazine cover like that? But listen to her answer. And this is huge. She says, there's a reality to the way I look without my clothes on. I don't have great thighs. I have very big breasts and a soft fatty little tummy. And I've got back fat. People assume that I'm walking around in little spaghetti strap dresses. It's insidious. Glam Jamie, the perfect Jamie, the great figure, blah, blah, blah. And I don't want the unsuspecting 40-year-old women of the world to think that I've got it going on. It's such a fraud. And I'm the one perpetuating it. Isn't that profound? Oh, I just want to applaud her courage to stand up and say, it's fraud. We're we're just having all of this paraded before our eyes and it's an illusion. It's a fraud. It's not real. And yet this statue is being held up. This image is being held up everywhere we look, everywhere we turn. This unreal, irrational, not it's not real. And it's being, we're being told that this is our image of beauty. This is what we're supposed to match. Can you just feel the weight of that? The ridiculousness of that? And yet how many years have we spent bowing to that image? Like the people in Babylon did. Now you may not like that. I just said that. I will tell you years ago when I began to study this and see the connection as, and, and my eyes were opening, the first thing this story and, and all these connections brought about for me was the idea that, yes, we've often said, I've, I've heard it said over and over in the news and in different interviews, that the image of ideal beauty for women today is unrealistic. It's unhealthy. It's not a good standard for us to measure ourselves to. We've heard that voice. But what this story did for me was say, It's not just unhealthy. It's not just unrealistic. It's a false God. It's a false God. And we are being told to worship it. This goes deeper. And and it made me want to reject it on a deeper level when I understood that this was a tactic of the enemy trying to suck me into idolatry to offer my life in worship to pursue this image. Now, again, my first instinct was, as I began to chew on this idea, my first instinct was, I don't worship this. I, I, okay, I get, I get that a lot of us, you know, have been, have been influenced by it, but I don't worship it. That's taking a little too far. I don't bow down. Like, come on. <laughs> but the Lord took me to task on that. It was like, JC, don't be so sure. And as, as I began to be prayerful about it and to really ask for clarity and discernment about it, 
really all it took was for me to look up the word worship. All it means is devotion, to be devoted to something. I mean, we have all many, so all these religious connotations to the word worship and they, they are real, but at its core, the word worship is just devotion to pursue something. The definition even said to be stuck on something. And so I'm not talking about worshiping in a way that we literally get on our knees before the, the glamour magazine in the checkout stand. Okay. That's dumb. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the ways we are devoted, excuse me, in our mind and in our heart, the way we bow the knee in our mind and devote ourselves to the image. How many ways have you devoted yourself to looking more like her? How much money have you spent? How much time have you poured in? How much of your thought life is devoted to changing your appearance so you look more like her? How much time have you spent on your knees metaphorically being devoted to this image? Even we can even be devoted to it in our body hatred. The reason we hate our body so much is because this image does influence us. Otherwise we wouldn't have all this self condemnation. It shows the devotion is there. The bowing is there or we wouldn't hate our bodies as much as we say we do. Do you see how deep this goes? This is so hard for me. I could, I could do three hours on this, on how this image has influenced us and the different ways that we worship. I think in the next, um, in the next episode, we're going to go into one more comparison. I want to save more time for it. And so I don't, I don't want to try to cram it here, but the next comparison is how Nebuchadnezzar said, when you hear the music, the flutes, the cornets, you know, all the music start playing. That's when you bow, you will bow. And so it became a trigger for the people. I'm sure it became automatic. As soon as the music would start playing, they just bow down. It was just, you just, what you do. And so maybe between now and the time that you listen to the next episode, think about what are the triggers in our world that cause us to mentally bow? We're going to talk a little bit more about that. Um, let me give you an example. Simple. I am sure you might've already thought of it. Social media. How often do you scroll past a picture and there's such perfection, whatever you're not there, you're seeing it on the screen, whatever it is, the hair you wish you had, the body you wish you had, the clothes you wish you had that look like the image. How often does just seeing that image cause you to bow in your mind? It's not a conscious thing. You're just like, Oh, my hair looks terrible. I need to, Oh, I need to go shopping. I need to go to the mall. I, it triggers worship in that different things like this cause us to bow down and devote ourselves to the image. Oh, there's so much more to this. (laughs) Maybe it's torture to just throw it out here. And you're like, wait, wait, what? Um, I go in depth into this in my book and in the class. Um, So you can check those out if you really want to dig into this. And again, I'm going to try to hit it a little more in the next episode, but can you see what success Satan has had with this, um, false God in in terms of the minds and hearts of the daughters of God? We, as, um, yes, we're believers. Yes. We, we, um, live lives of faith. And we have a very active spiritual lives. Many of us We're in our scriptures, we're in church, we're doing the thing. And yet this one has got in our head and it's happened so quietly and so sneaky that we didn't even realize that we were bowing. The music just started and down we went. We just, it's part of our culture. We've been taught this 
since such a young age. And so many voices have yelled this to us. You will worship this. But it's so subtle and so vague that we just have gotten sucked in. And it's just defined the way we see our body, the way we see our weight, the way we see our hair, our face, our skin, our feet size, everything, our hips, the size number in our jeans. It's all related to the image of the ideal woman. And it's just swallowed us up. How do we cast this out? That's the question. Thankfully, we have unlimited amount of podcast episodes where we can talk about different ways to leave this image behind. I was doing some research on this story. And as I teach it, when I speak in person, I use a PowerPoint and I use a lot of images. And so I was looking for an image of this, this story. There's some, the ones that have been painted of the three Hebrews standing up and everyone else bowing, but there's one I found and forgive me, I couldn't find the, the painters, uh, the, the artist's name, but the image is in the background and all the, the people in Bam- Babylon are kneeling and Shadrach, Meshach and Abed- Abednego are there. And are not kneeling. But the cool thing about this picture is they've turned completely backwards and they have their backs to the image. That is our goal. To silence the voice of this golden image in our minds. To turn our backs on this idolatry, this false god that has had such an influence on on us. So not just not kneeling. We are going to rise up. Not just stand up. Rise up in strength in the strength of the Lord and let him heal our minds from this false worship and turn our backs on this image so that it no longer causes the insecurity and self-condemnation and body hatred that we've lived with for so long. That's the journey to healing is to turn our backs on this image and then to teach other women and our own children and our granddaughters our, our neighbors how to do it as well to have a voice in this generation that says no 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 we will not live under that kind of condemnation. We will not accept these messages. And, and then to give each other ammunition on how we can fight back and start the conversation of what true beauty in Christ is, what the beauty of the Lord is. You know what? This may turn into a four-part, five-part. We'll see how we go. We'll see how I do in part three. But for now, boy, does that give you a little bit to chew on? To think about the ways that the image of the ideal woman has affected you the ways the enemy has used it to steal your worth and steal your beauty and steal your um, joy and your, your own individuality. Think about that and then come back with some ideas in mind. Join me in the next episode and we'll continue this discussion on another level. Thanks.